Good evening, family. How are you feeling this evening? Blessed be the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is a beautiful Sunday. I pray each and every one of you had an awesome weekend as you are preparing yourself for another week to come. It has been this one word that the Lord has given me that I've been meditating on, and I wanted to share that with you. And that word is alive. Alive. Now, we know what that means. The definition for alive is a person that is alive, living, not dead. But um, one of the definitions that I'm looking at had other additives on it. And it says to be alive is to be full of life, alert, active, energetic, vigorous, springly, vibrant, exuberant, zestful, enthusiastic, eager, bouncy, bubbly, perky, chipper, and peppy. That is the definition of being alive. Now, with hearing all of that, my question for you is, are you alive? Are you alive or are you just existing? So many of us, we're just going through our day-to-day routine, robotically, but are we really living Last weekend, we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But the Holy Spirit was ministering to me saying, you have to celebrate that you're alive in Christ as well. That we know that if it hadn't been for what Jesus had done, dying on a cross and rosing on the third day, bringing us victory and in his holy name, we would not be where we are. But in that, the Bible says that as he rose, we did too. Romans 4, 6 through 11 Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death has no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Likewise, reckon unto yourself that you are alive unto God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen to the word of God. You are alive. And I think you need to meditate on that and just say it. I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. And when you hear these words of being active and energetic and springy and bright, vibrant and exuberant and zestful and enthusiastic and eager and bouncy and bubbly and perky and chipper and peppy, does that describe you? Because so often, even though we're alive in Christ, we are laying in a dead place. God has called us to life. He has rose up in the same spirit that quickened Jesus is in us. So as Jesus is raised from the dead, we are rose from the dead. We are resurrected. 
But are we living a resurrected life? Are we living a resurrected life? Or are we still in the dead place? Are we still laying in the tomb? So many of us have different things going on in our lives. But there's areas of our life that are dead zones. There are dead areas and we need to uproot ourselves and we need to walk out of the tomb and we need to walk out of these dead things, whether it be a dead relationship, maybe it be dead friendships, maybe it's a dead end job. Maybe you need to move. Maybe your heart needs resurrecting. Maybe your mind needs resurrecting. Maybe your perception needs resurrecting. Maybe your, your health, your body needs resurrection. Whatever it is, there is something going on that needs to be resurrected that is causing you not to be active, that's causing you not to be energetic, that's causing you not to be bubbly and zestful and enthusiastic and eager and bouncy. Like these things symbolize life. When you have joy and there's joy in your heart, it is easy for you to be enthusiastic and you're eager and you're bouncy and you want to help and you're just chipper and you're just smiling because there is life added to you. But somehow along the way with pain, in trials and tribulation, we lost our joy. Our joy is in a dead place. We're no longer smiling. We're not eager. We're not enthusiastic. We lost our hope. The Bible says hope deferred make the heart sick. We don't hope no more. We don't dream no more. We failed too many times and now we're just doing a day-to-day routine, robotically living a lot, robotically existing because we're not really living. There's no joy coming out of us. And Jesus is saying we, he died that we can live an abundant life. And just like God, roll back the stone so Jesus can walk out of that tomb. We serve a resurrected a resurrected Messiah who has also rolled back the tomb for us. That we need to walk out of those dead places in our life. And it's a lot easier said than done. But we have to acknowledge that, you know what, Lord? I'm in a dead place. I'm heavy. I'm overwhelmed. I'm sad. I'm not enthusiastic. I'm not eager. I lost my joy. I'm not exuberant. I, I don't have any energy. I just feel tired all the time. You know, it's something about when you're going through something, pain has a way of making you just tired. When you're feeling heavy and oh, you don't want to do nothing. You know, you lost your joy. You lost your energy. You no longer want, you don't want to connect with people. You don't want to go outside. You don't want to hang out. You don't want to go out and just be enthusiastic and do things and help people and just be a part of life and be a part of ministry. And you just want to be isolated and alone. Pain has a way of keeping you in a dead place. And God wants you to come out of that dead place. The Holy Spirit had to, you know, really shift my heart and shift me out of a dead place because you don't, you can go to church every Sunday and still be in a dead place. That that moment of you worshiping and that moment of you engaging in the worship and engaging and listening to the word of God for those two hours, in those two hours alone, you have some peace and you have some joy and you have some hope. But what happens when you walk out the door? What happens between the pulpit and the car door? What happens between the pulpit and you enter into your house? What happens from the pulpit to you enter into your job? What happened from point A to point B? How did we lose our joy? How did we lose our peace? How did the enemy have access that fast? Because somewhere there's a dead place. 
Somewhere there is a dead place. Somewhere there is a tomb that we have yet to walk out of. And the minute we get out of service, the minute we get out of worship, the enemy is coming for that thing. He is going to remind you. He's going to beat you in the head with it. He's going to wrap it around your brain. That's all you could think about. Now your feelings involved. And once your feelings get involved, now you're acting out. You're frustrated. You're snapping and you're doing things all because you won't walk out of the dead place. Everybody, dead place is going to be different. Maybe you really need to get, you really need to acknowledge the relationship for what it is. It's dead. And only you have to get up and walk out of what you know is dead. And it's funny because how do you know something is dead? Well, there's no growth. The first sign of life is growth. We serve a God of increase. We serve a God of expansion. We serve a God that is leveling up and taking us on. There's a, in life, there is growth. And if you're in something and there is no growth, there is no development, there is no increase, something is wrong. You think of a seed. A seed turns into a fetus. A fetus turns into an embryo. An embryo turns into the baby. The baby is born. The baby turns into an infant. The infant into a toddler. The toddler into a child. The child into a teenager. A teenager into an adult. An adult into an elderly person. Life develops. Life expands. Life grows. So if you're in a relationship and there is no growth, there is no development, there is no, no change, there is no transformation, you're in the same place you was two years ago, going around the same cycle, going around the same circle, you're in a dead zone. You got friends that are sifting you like wheat, that the more you're around them, the more heavy you feel, the more burdened you feel, the more discouraged you fear, the more, the more, the more you want to just pull your hair out, like have you ever really sat down and asked yourself, is these people really helping me or hindering me? Is these people helping me or hindering me? We don't want to let go of people, but we got to acknowledge that maybe I'm, I'm not growing and maybe I'm not moving forward because of who I'm tied to. There's no growth in the cemetery. Once you're dead, you're dead. There is no more growth. There is no more development. It's over. So no matter how much you want to see something change, if you associating yourself with the dead, you're dead. Anything apart from Christ has no life. And I want to take you to a scripture when Jesus was talking to his disciples and one of his disciples asked him in Matthew 8, 21, Jesus was telling them to follow him. And one of the disciples said, Lord, suffer me that I can first bury my father. And Jesus told him, no. Follow me and let the dead bury the dead. Now, when I first heard that a few years ago, I was, I wasn't really, um, I didn't understand it. I'm like, that don't make sense. How can the dead bury the dead? They're both dead. And what the Holy Spirit had to give me understanding to is if you're not in Christ, you don't have a life. But uh, apart from Jesus, you're dead because the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So when you enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, you entered into life, you transitioned from the death from sin and you transitioned into life. So Jesus was telling him, no, you're a part of this. You're a part of me. You're a part of life. You can't go deal with the dead. 
Let the dead bury the dead. Let those that don't associate with me, let those who don't call me Lord bury those that are dead. Let the dead deal with the dead. But you are alive. I don't want you associating with dead things. I don't want you mourning too long over dead things. Because so often, not only are we hanging around dead people, sometimes we end up mourning. If we're not hanging around someone dead, we're mourning uh, mourning the death of something, mourning the loss of something, mourning the loss of the relationship, mourning the loss of the friendship, mourning the loss of your job, mourning the loss of your finances, something and you're, you just, you're, you're staying too long in that state of mourning. And that goes to the Bible when Samuel... When God removed Saul from the from the throne and he was giving it to David, Samuel was really sorrowful. And the Bible says that he mourned and mourned and mourned to the point that God said, why are you still mourning over him? Get up and go to the house of David. That there are times that we can mourn too long over something we lost and we are in a state where we, we are we're disabled. We are not functioning right. We don't have no joy. We have no energy. We're in this, this, this dead place. And God is like, this is not what I desire for you. This is not what I desire for you. You have to get up out of this dead zone. You have to get out of this dead place. You have to stop mourning this long and live your life. That I have a man after my heart. I have a man. I have a man that is going to begin to be a good king for Israel. That is going to lead the people according to my heart. I want you to live. And I want you to live knowing that I am in control. That I got this. That we can't hold on to things that are dead. We can't hold on to people that are dead. We can't hold on to that job we lost. We can't mourn over the money that is gone. We have to live. And the first sign of living is just really letting go what's dead. Now, I don't know about you, but the Holy Spirit was definitely dealing with me because for me, I can be honest and said there is areas in my life that I'm like, Lord, I need to walk away from this dead place. And just like God rolled back the stone for Jesus, Jesus has rolled back the stone for us. But it's up to us to take that step and walk out of the tomb and walk out of that dead place. Because even when Mary was at the tomb and the angel came to her and said, Mary, what are you doing here? The one you're looking for is not here. She was looking for she was she was at a dead place looking for someone that was living. Jesus is alive. He's not in the cemetery. He's not in the tomb. He is alive. And we got to really acknowledge that as he is alive, so are we. And we got to get out of those dead places and we got to stop hanging out at the cemetery. Because even if you are disassociating yourself from it physically, where's your mind at? Where's your heart at? Because you're physically might not be in a dead place, but your mind could still be in a dead place. Your heart could still be in a dead place. And if your mind is still there, we're, you're in trouble. Because that is the, the enemy's battleground. And if he could keep your mind at the graveyard, you will never live. If he could keep you in that place of what should have, could have, would have, could have been, if this would have only been this way, if that would have only been that way, if he could keep us in that state, we won't live the abundant life Jesus promised us. We will not live the abundant life that Jesus promised us. Another sign to know that something is dead, that it stinks. Death has a foul smell. 
death, death, death don't smell good. You know what I'm saying? It don't smell good. And you'll know a person walking around with a stank face. Always got an attitude. Always mean. Bitter. Easily frustrated. Why? Because there is a dead area in their life that they need to really deal with. When you see people and they walking around with the they nose all stuck up and they got the stank face, there is something dead that they really need to walk out of and that they need to lay it on the altar and give it to Jesus. And only they can admit it, only they can confess it, and only they can walk out of it. It don't really matter. People go look out. It's, it's funny because outside looking in, you can see so much, but it don't really matter what you see. The individual that is dealing with this has to come to that awareness, has to come to, and recognize that, you know what, this is a, this is a dead place. And I'm not living here. I'm here, but I'm not living. I keep coming back to this place, but I'm not living. I keep putting flowers on a tomb, but I'm not living. I don't have no joy. I don't have no peace. I'm not happy. I'm not bubbly. I'm not zestfully. I'm not enthusiastic. I'm not hopeful. But I want to be happy. I want to be happy, Lord. I just want to be happy. I hear so many people say, I just want to be happy. But you cannot be happy and be full of joy hanging out at the cemetery. Death brings sorrow. Sorrow, pain, and tears. So if you don't walk out of the dead place, how do you expect to feel? How do you expect to have joy in a cemetery? How do you expect to have laughter in the cemetery? How do you expect to have energy in the cemetery? Because we're in these states and we're not uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to cleanse us from the things that hurt us. And we're holding on to these dead areas of our life, these dead mindsets, these dead thought patterns, these dead perspective, this dead broken heart. And, but yet we want to be happy. So when the Holy Spirit brought this to me, I had to be honest with myself and I had to repent and say, Father, I'm in a dead place. And it don't have to be every area of your life. All it takes is one. The enemy only need one thing to tear you up. He only need one thing to have you double-minded. He only need one thing to take all of your joy and take all of your energy and take your hope. He only need one thing. So you may figure that, you know what, I'm doing this and I'm doing good in this area of my life and I'm doing good in that area of my life. But if it's that one thing that got your mind twisted, if it's that one thing that have you beat down, if it's that one thing that I have you isolating and keeping yourself away from the body of Christ, keeping you from going to church, keeping you from hanging out, keeping you from assembling and letting iron shop and iron, all it needs, all the enemy needs is that one thing. And if we don't let God deal with it, and if we don't walk out of the tomb and leave that dead thing behind, we will never live the abundant life that God promised us because he has been resurrected. The Bible says that the same spirit that is, that has quickened Jesus and arose him from the dead dwelleth and liveth in us. 
that same spirit, that same power, that same anointing, that same Shekinah glory lives within us. There is no reason as Christians, as men and women of God, there is no reason we should be sad. There's no reason we should be depressed. There's no reason we should be oppressed. There's no reason why we shouldn't have joy. There's no reason why we shouldn't have a heart of expectation when the Bible says that he will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask, think, or imagine if we were truly holding on to the word of God. Like I said, what happened from the pulpit to the car door? What happened from the pulpit to you getting inside your house? What happened? What shifted? What changed? How did you have peace and joy and love inside the sanctuary? And the minute you walked out, here comes the pain. Here comes the sorrow. Here come the tears. You didn't even get the keys into the car door yet and you're already arguing with your spouse. You didn't even get into the house yet and you're yelling at the kids. Why? Because we didn't lay that. We didn't walk out of the dead place. We walked into church. We walked into worship. We prayed. We lift up our hand, but we didn't walk out out of the dead place and we didn't leave it at the altar so until you walk out of it I don't care how many times you walk into church you need to walk out that tomb because if we don't walk out that tomb we could go to church every single day and nothing's gonna change and you're not gonna understand and you're gonna think and the enemy will have you thinking oh it's not working maybe you need to move and go to a new church maybe you need to just stop going to church altogether. or god doesn't love you he's angry with you and the truth of the matter is none of that is so because no matter how much the word is preached to you and no matter how much god tells you he loves you until you really be honest and humble with yourself and let go of that dead thing you're holding on to because maybe you really wanted that job and maybe you really wanted that relationship and maybe you really wanted to be angry and you want to really hold on to this benef- this 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 offense and you want to hold on to this unforgiveness because this person really hurt you so you feel that you have the right to be angry you really want to hold on to it you got to let go of this dead place. Unforgiveness will make the unforgiveness will make you so heavy. You'll be so heavy you won't know what hit you. And you won't understand and you'll think, "Well, I'm doing everything right and I'm 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 giving my tithes and I'm my offerings and I'm serving the house of God and I'm on time and I'm faithful. Why am I feeling this way? Why is this not going right? Why is certain areas not, you know, working out for me?" And the truth of the matter is until we walk out the tomb, we're not going to be living the life that God promised us. And we want to see change, but we don't want to be the change we see. It starts with us. Change starts with us. We want God to do so much. And God, like, I already did my part. I rolled the stone back. With every temptation, there's a way of an escape. With every temptation, there is a way of escape. And God has rolled back the stone and he's saying, my son and my daughter, I need you to walk out of this dead place. I need you to walk away from this relationship that is not helping but hurting you. I need you to walk away from these friendships that is sifting you like wheat and draining you. I need you to walk away from this job. You've been here for 15, 20 years and there is no growth. There is no development. There is no increase in pay. I need you to walk away from this. I need you to move and relocate to a community that will be beneficial to your community that you will be be giving me honor and glory there's areas of our life god is very strategic and the reason why i say that we might need to move because i will never forget that when i first 
started my walk with the Lord very new, very, a, a very a babe in Christ, didn't know nothing, no word, no nothing. And I remember clear as day that when me and uh, at, at that time in my life, I was living with my ex and we end up breaking up and I had to move out. Uh, we moved out because we separated. So I end up, um, I, God wanted me to be with my little cousin, me and my pride. I did not want to live there. So I bounced around and I stayed with my best friend and I'm getting this quick fix and I'm going here. I mean, it seemed like every situation that I tried, it failed. It failed and it brought more pain and it brought more heartache. I was already in pain to the fact of the loss of the relationship that God wanted me to get out of this relationship because he wanted to bring me into something else. I was already heartbroken over that. So now I'm not yielding to the Holy Spirit because God wanted me to be positioned and live at a particular place. And I didn't want to humble myself and yield. And I can honestly say I didn't really know God the way I knew him now. But for some reason, I knew God wanted me to be at this particular place. But I refused to live there. I was full of pride. And I was saying, I'm not living with my little cousin. I'm the big cousin. I'm supposed to take care of her, this, that, and the third. I had every excuse not to humble myself and be obedient, even though I didn't know, like, to the extent. But some... I, I, all I know was I knew I needed to be there. I just didn't want to be there. And I found myself hurting myself more, bouncing around. Me and my best friend at the time, we, I mean, friends for seven years, tight, tight, cool, no problems, no fighting. And I kid you not, the minute I lived with her, not even two months, we were at each other's throat to the point like I had to go, our friendship was going to be over. Like God, when God wants you to be at a certain place, you will be where God wants you to be. And it's so important that we don't understand, like if we don't get out of these dead places and we keep going to another dead place and another dead place and another dead place, not to go to the place of life, not to go where God has provided a way of escape, not to put, not to go to the place that God has ordained for you to go. So make a long story short, when I finally, the the last stop, I end up staying with, I end, end up getting this place with this lady that lived downstairs. Make a long story short, me and this lady end up getting into a fight. The police at the door. It was just crazy. And I remember me getting on my knees and I humbled myself. I said, Jesus, if you're real, now is the time for you to really show up. And I remember clear as day in my spirit, I needed to go to the one place I didn't want to go. And I remember calling my cousin and I said, can I come stay with you? And she said, you could always stay. You didn't want to stay. And I said, you know what, you're right. So I humbled myself. I got all my stuff and I ended up going to her house and staying with her. And I tell you the truth, not even five months, God began to open up doors like never before. I wasn't working at the time. I was on unemployment. All of a sudden, I found a job. Um, then my cousin said, you know what? I'm moving out. You can have the place. Like when I say God, when God wants you at a specific place, he wants you at a specific place. So when I'm saying that you may need to move and you need a new job and you need new relationships, I'm speaking on experience because I 
didn't want to live where God needed me to live so he could begin to do his perfect work. So now she done moved out the house. And then my neighbor, which moved upstairs, she was the one that told me to go do my taxes with my pastor. At the time, I didn't know he was a pastor. All I know, she gave me the uh, reference. She said, hey, go here to do your taxes. And before I know it, I went there. And then as my pastor was doing my taxes, he started ministering to me. And I mean, it was crazy. It was so crazy. Now, here I am eight years later, eight years later. I've been with my ministry for eight years. If I did not yield myself and humble myself and move to where God wanted me to move, I would have missed the opportunity of a lifetime. I would have missed being under the leadership of my pastors. I would have missed the opportunity to be fed the word of God. I'd have been missing the opportunity to even be the woman that I am today. So when I'm telling you that there's dead places in our life that we really need to get out of so God can give us life, I was dead like I said I'm bouncing from this situation to that situation I'm fighting here the cops over here all because I refuse to get out of a dead place I want what I want like I said sometimes your perspective is a dead place because all you see is what you want to see and you don't want to see it from another perspective God had to check me and I can honestly say doors begin to open from me getting a job to me getting the place to me meeting my pastor. And then it was just beautiful. Like door after door after door began to open once I got in position, once I got to the location that God wanted me to be. Like you will begin to blossom and see the favor of God when you are in the right location. So when you, I, I'm, you, you might need to move, but you need to be led by the Holy Spirit and don't fight. If the spirit told you it's time to relocate, it's time to relocate. You might have to get another job. I can tell you, I was working for my company for the same amount of time that I've been with my ministry. And I remember, like I said, I, I um, when I started my ministry, I wasn't working. And I remember we had a woman's fellowship and I remember them praying with me. And I said, we, they said, if anybody want prayer and what do you want to pray for? And I said, I want to get a job. Immediately, I can tell you a week after we prayed, I got a job. And here I am with the same company for seven years. When I say God is a God that when you are in agreement and alignment with him, he will move the mountains for you, but we have to be in position and we have to be where God wants us to be. So we really have to walk out of those dead places and into the place of life, into the place of prosperity, into the place that God has ordained for you. And even in that, I can honestly say when I was working for my company, I used to work downtown Jersey City and then the Lord moved me to General Square and I was kind of upset. Because I had went from a manager to being an assistant manager and I was kind of feeling salty in my flesh because I didn't understand what God was doing. And once again, once I got to where he wanted me, it's all about location. Things begin to blossom. Things, doors begin to open. Things begin to shift on my behalf because I yielded to the Holy Spirit of God. So just like you may need to move, you may need a new job. You got to say the same thing. You may need to be in removing your friendships. You may need a new relationship. Whatever it is, God is going to bless you. You cannot hold on to something that is dead. And you know what is at the end of the day, I could be honest. You know, it is dead. You may not want to believe it. 
You may want to hold on to the shit of cuddle waters, but you know that there's a dead place, but you just can't seem to let it go. For some reason, you're sitting in front of the corpse, giving mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, trying to really revive and bring something you know that is dead back to life. And while you're doing that, you're missing out on God's best. And you are not living. You are missing out on the abundant life by staying in a dead place. So I'm just grateful to be able to share that with you because I'm speaking from experience. There was so many dead areas in my life and I had to really humble myself, walk out of the tomb, walk out of those dead places and walk into the blessings, walk out of the dead place and walk into the blessings. You don't know it at the time by trusting God and in faith, you actually are just walking into blessings because now you're walking in agreement with God. You're walking in agreement with the Holy Spirit. And once you get an alignment, Oh, once you're in position, the Lord showed me that about positions, because sometimes we don't recognize you think of a beautiful flower. Hallelujah to the word of God. Think about a flower. When you see a flower, right? You see it is all beautiful. It started as a seed and they planted, you know, they sow in the water and now you see it budding through the grass and all of a sudden you see it is blooming, it's vibrant, it's zestful and you see it and you're just in awe to this beautiful creation. That flower will always be living and that flower will always be beautiful until somebody pluck it up from the root. The minute you pluck that flower from the root, take it home. It ain't going to last but a few days and then it's going to die. Why? Because it was out of position. It would have stayed alive as long as it was in its position. But the minute it was plucked up, the minute it was uprooted, it began to wither. Are you that flower today? Have you been plucked up? Have you been uprooted from your position in God? Are you out of alignment with God and you're starting to wither and you're starting to feel overwhelmed and you're starting to feel like there's something that's just not right? I I encourage you today that if you are in a dead place or you are plucked up out of position, that you begin to go to your heavenly father and repent and say, Father, I acknowledge my error. I acknowledge that I need to walk out the tomb. I acknowledge that you have rolled back that stone for me, that you have given me a great escape to get out of this dead place. You promised me abundant life and I want to live and I want to live to the full. I don't want to exist. I don't want to be a robot getting up, going to work, coming home, getting up, going to work, going home, getting up, going to work, going going home. I don't want to live a robotic life. I want to live to the fullest. I want to do all that you called me to do. I want to do more. I want to do great exploits as it is written in the word of God. I want to live that life. And I had to repent and go to God and say, Lord, help me open up the eyes of my understanding that I can see beyond what I see. And I begin to just, just visualize in my mind, a spiritual tomb and me walking out of it, that I may live, live. We serve a resurrecting King. And if you woke up this morning, 
You are alive. There is blood running through your veins. There is breath in your body. There is assignment to be done. There is work to be done. God has a job for you to do. You are alive and you cannot waste it sitting in a dead place. You can't waste it sitting by the cemetery. You can't waste it, my brother and my sister. It is time to get out of the dead places and go into life. Walk into life. Begin to have joy again. Begin to have excitement again. Begin Begin to have that bubbly, that exuberant feeling again. Because joy is contagious. People who see joy, they are drawn to you. Haven't you noticed that when you wake up one morning and you're feeling extra good, it seems like everything seems to go right. It's joy, grab joy is like a, a, a magnet. Because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when you are displaying joy, you are displaying the strength of the Lord and everything that is tied to you that day, everything that is connected to you that day, your daily bread, your daily portion, your favor, those open doors, those opportunities are going, you're going to see them manifest because you're walking in the joy of the Lord. You are living. You're smiling, you're joyful, you're bubbly, you're excited. You got this hope to see what God is going to do today. You're not worried about yesterday. You're not worried about your problems. You're not worried about your pain. You're not worrying about what you lost. What you lost is gone. But I tell you the truth. If you walk away from the dead place, we serve a God that he says that I will restore unto you with the locust and the cake of worm and the caterpillars ate. And that if you give it to God and you walk away and decide to live an abundant life, that God will restore unto you what you lost. Sometimes we don't want to let go of what we lost. But I tell you the truth. I lost my mother and a lot of people don't know this, but for those who do know, um, when I joined my ministry, I did not know my pastor, co-pastor's name. We just called her mama, mama French. And so long, that's all I called her. But one particular day in woman's fellowship, someone called her name. And when they called her name, my eyes lit up and there's like tears in my eyes because it was a long time since I heard my mother's name. For those that know, my mother's name is Vivian. And in that moment, I haven't heard my mother's name in a long time because Vivian is not a very, uh, it's a very unique name. There's not, a, I don't know a lot of Vivians. So when they called her name, I turned my head to look to see who, who, who is Vivian? And when I saw it was her, tears began to roll down my face because I, A, I did not know that was her name. And B, this is my spiritual mom. This is, this woman loved me as if she had birthed me. The talks and the, the, the conversation and the love she shows me and the care she shows me. This woman loves me as if she birthed me. When I tell you that God will give you what you lost, that blew my mind. That I lost my earthly, I lost my natural mother, but God gave me back a spiritual mother with the same exact name. That blew my mind. We serve a God that will give you back, but I had to walk out of those dead places and I have to let go of the things that were lost and walk into life because God has something for you. Even though things have died, whether it be you did lose somebody or you lost a relationship, you lost a job, you need to move out of your place. Whatever it is, I'm telling you, whatever you think you're losing, God has something greater for you. God has something as long as you're breathing. God has something for 
for you. As long as blood is rolling through your veins, God got something for you on the other side, but you got to be willing to walk out the tomb. He rolled the stone back. You got to walk out. And each day he's teaching me to walk out of those dead areas of my life because your, your walk with God is a walk. It's a journey. And he doesn't strip you all right away. He doesn't, everything doesn't change immediately right then and there because some things take time. Some things are rooted way down on our soul since we were children. So there's on this journey, he, he's patient with me and he loves on me and different seasons of my life. He causes me to walk out of these tombs. And I'm just so grateful because I understand that if you don't walk out of these dead places, you cannot experience life. You cannot experience life. And I can tell you the truth, acknowledge, having that knowledge and knowing that my spiritual mother has the same name of my mom and knowing that she loved me as if I was her own, I can honestly say it helped me in my healing process from losing my mother. And it helped me to lay aside that heavy weight and that heavy burden, that dead weight, that dead weight. It helped me because because I knew God loved me enough to place this woman in my life. And just like that, he placed that 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 house that I needed to be in that I would even meet them. Imagine that if I was too prideful in myself, it's so important we humble ourselves and don't think we're greater than we Don't think that we're better than we think we should be thinking we are. Because in my mind, I was too good to be living with my little cousin. I couldn't humble myself. But if I didn't, I wouldn't even had an opportunity to be a part of an awesome ministry. And I wouldn't even had the opportunity to meet my spiritual mom. Who helped with the healing process of losing my mom. And then to top it all off, he gave me another spiritual mom. I have two spiritual moms. He gave me double for my trouble. Amen. (laughs) I have two spiritual moms because I walked out of the tomb. I walked out of death and I entered into life and got more than what I lost. I lost one mom. I gained two. And both of these women love me abundantly. And I'm so grateful for the both of them. And it helps me live. It helps me be alive. And I just wanted to share that today. I pray that each and every one of you take that time to acknowledge that, you know, I'm in a dead place right now. And maybe the reason why I'm not really living to the fullest and maybe the reason why I'm not joyful and maybe I'm feeling heavy and I'm oppressed because I won't walk out of the tomb. I pray that the Holy Spirit Begin to open up the eyes of your understanding that you may see these dead areas of your life and that you will have the confidence and the courage to walk out of them. In Jesus name, I pray for you. Amen.